0: listening to black girls blade a podcast dedicated to black women in the permanent makeup industry who's ready to level up in business unlock the keys to success and grow your empire every other week we will talk about education business strategies product recommendations and artist interviews i'm your host keisha taylor now let's get started On today's episode of Black Girls Play, we are talking to Kyrie Taylor, CEO of Adonis Underwear. Kyrie is a product designer trained in everything from graphic to web to finance to e-commerce. Kyrie has been in the tech and beauty industry since age 12. He is a prodigy of all things design, beauty, and communication. He's built a six-figure e-commerce brand just from storytelling. I'm excited to have him on the show. His story is personal to me as I watched him grow into the savvy business professional since a young age. I'm grateful to have him by my side every step of my journey. He's not only my son, but my best friend and one of my business coaches. So guys, let's welcome Kyrie Taylor to the show. Hi Kyrie, welcome to Black Girls Blade. I'm so excited to have you here today. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. So I am the creator of Adonis Underwear, um, Adonisunderwear dot com. We are an underwear brand that caters exclusively to men.
0: Okay, great. So how long have you been in business?
1: Oh God, February would be our sixth year. Six year in six years strong.
0: Okay, so I have you on the show because you have a unique background. So you have experience in product design, you have experience in the beauty industry, you have experience with website design, branding, graphic design. I guess we can say you are a jack of all trades, right?
1: <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. So in the industry, and we'll get to like your e-commerce and product design later on in the show. But in the business industry, what made your products stand out?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I think our products naturally stand out from other competitors or underwear brands because, one, we're catering to men. like Our audience is very um, specific. And then our products are naturally just sexy in nature so that they just naturally stand out. But I think the key thing that really makes our products stand out or our brand stand out is more along the lines of how I market and promote the brand. I think the way that I packaged it up and like promoted myself, that has definitely helped us stand out in the market.
0: Okay, so when you say that how you promote it helped you stand out in the market, can you elaborate on that? What What do you mean yeah, by that? Yeah, I
1: think that, you know, we've been in business for six years and we have thousands of customers. But when I first started the brand, I was wearing the products myself. And I was taking pictures of wearing the products and, and uploading them on social media and Instagram. And fast forward almost six years later, I still do that. And I think it's that authentic story that I'm telling behind being able to wear and promote the things that I sell is something that our customers really resonate with.
0: So do you consider yourself a fashion brand?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think fashion is how people express themselves and that feeling that they get when they're wearing something like, oh my God, I feel you know, like I can accomplish the world or, oh, I feel so sexy. And I think our customers, they definitely express a feeling when I look at our reviews, it's that feeling is why they continue to support the brand. So I would say definitely, yes, we're in the business of fashion.
0: All right. So I'm sure our listeners probably already noticed, but Kyrie is my son, so I'm very (laughs) proud of him. (laughs) But, you know, Kyrie has created a very niche down product. And Kyrie, how would you say that, Your product differs from like the Calvin Klein's or some of the big Fortune 500 underwear brands. How do you differ?
1: Because it's definitely more sexy in nature. So it's not your your average boring underwear that you see. But, you know, in this day and age, in 2020, there's a lot of, or 2021 now, there's a lot of new brands that are emerging that are, you know, trying to be a little bit more sexier uh, for men. But again, it's not always about the product. It's about how you brand it and how you sell it. That is how you can really just get some market, get some shares in the market and really stand out from your competitors.
0: Okay. So the reason, another reason why I brought you on the show is because you are going up against those big brands such as Calvin Klein. And I know you have your inspiration from Versace and some other high end brands out there. So you are a smaller boutique brand. So how did you compete with those Versace's and like, how did your marketing compete with those brands? Because I know I have some listeners that they might have a boutique skincare line or a brow line or makeup line, but scared to go up against MAC or Bobby Brown. So how can you like tell them some things that you did to go up against those bigger big box retail or brands?
1: Yeah, I think one, um, we're in a a weird place right now, just in the world where people definitely want to support small business and more, you know, minority women or Black-owned businesses. So that's an advantage right now that a lot of women and Black people in, in themselves should capitalize on. But I think that the thing is how we stood out or how we're able to grow is taking advantage of our customers. Like I don't build anything without getting customer feedback. I think that my brand is centered around the customer, our customers, and I had them involved in that journey, that product development journey. And I think that is what keeps them supporting the brand because they feel like it's made exclusively for them.
0: Okay. So that's going to take me to reviews and your user-generated content. So you were one of the first people who embedded reviews when I first opened my business. Like, mom, get reviews, get reviews. How has reviews and user-generated content helped your business grow in the last six years?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Like I, you know, I think, no, people are motivated By what other people say, right? Like we care necessarily about what other people think of a product and that kind of like justify our decisions to buy something or not buy it. So I have a huge, like, like a huge flow of how I gather reviews. So as soon as someone purchases a product, they fall into like an automatic sequence of different emails and SMS flows to review the product. Because what I found is that people are looking at reviews when they're making the decision to buy.
0: Okay, so within your product, you kind of have like an automated sales funnel going. So when someone purchases your product, they're entered into like an auto sequence of a text or something of that nature.
1: Yes, most definitely, especially with reviews. So after like they purchase the product, I think it's set to like 10 days because of course they have to receive it and you have to have some time for them to receive the product. But yeah, it's an automatic sequence for them to leave, get a review, and it's a very um, personalized way. On how we approach it. It's not like, hey, leave a review. You know, that's kind of boring. No one wants to do that. It's more like, hey, you know, that's a personal message for me. It's like, hey, I appreciate your business. I appreciate your support. Please let me know how this product fit and how it looks so that we can continue to grow our products and change our products if necessary, improve our products more so.
0: Okay, that's great. I like that. Well, you know, I take most of my pointers and I be copying <laughs> off of you, but that's okay because you're my inspiration as well. So, when we come to e commerce, what is the number one thing you think that people should do before venturing out to a product or building a full e commerce brand?
1: That's a great question. I think the number one thing you want to do is you want to make sure you have a product. That you can sell and that there's demand for. That's the number one thing you want to do.
0: So, how can they do that? Okay, so I'm like, I want to start a makeup brand. How can I validate that brand before I actually go out here and invest all this time and effort into it?
1: That's a great question. You know, validation is the number one thing that people should do. And I I didn't realize that I actually did it myself when I first started my brand. So, I'll tell that story and maybe that will give people some inspiration. Before, like um, when I first started Adonis Underwear, you know this, we were selling other companies or other underwear brands, right? We were a wholesaler more so. We were not carrying our own products. And after like a year or two of doing that, I started to look at the reviews and, and see that people were a little bit unhappy with the consistency between sizes and like the quality of things. So I took a step back and I said, you know what? Hey, I have a design background. I can create my own products, you know? So I started down that path of finding suppliers and stuff like that so again you would see in that story that reviews guided my decision but prior to that i tested my idea by doing more of a cheaper route of something so going back to your question if you're in the makeup industry you follow the same approach maybe you sell you purchase like a few makeup products at a wholesale price and promote them on instagram maybe you don't even need to build a website right like instagram has that shop feature so maybe you can use that shop feature as your way of validating and testing that you can sell. And if you don't have an audience, you know, it's okay to invest like 100 $150 into paid advertising, you know, paid Facebook, paid Instagram, paid Google. Because, again, you're just trying to validate if you can sell this and if there is a market for it.
0: Okay. So when building an e-commerce brand, should you keep your day job?
1: That's a tricky
0: question. It is tricky, but I had to ask. Uh,
1: I think that depends on the individual sort of opportunity cost, right? Like, if you are an individual, the way I would answer that, if I'm an individual and I'm working somewhere and I absolutely hate my job and I'm only making, you know, about $40,000 per year and I've identified a product that I know that I can sell it at this amount and bring in this year, like, I'm confident. Or I have a good intuition that I can do that. You know, let's say for instance, maybe a hundred thousand dollars a year. And then okay, then you have a decision to make. Do you want to stay at your job, continue to make forty thousand dollars and hate that job, and move into a uh, you know doing your own thing and make a hundred thousand uh, dollars? The potential to make a hundred thousand dollars a year—that's the answer for you. I think again, it just comes down to that individual opportunity cost.
0: Okay. All right. So that brings me to your product design background. Now, I know what a product designer is, but it's hard to let people know what that is. So can you tell our listeners what actually is a product designer?
1: Yeah, I think when people hear the word design, they think immediately, you know, aesthetics and visuals. And that is one part or one aspect of product design. Product design is basically building a product that solves a problem or a need. So a good example of that is Amazon. Amazon is a product. People shop on Amazon. They've identified that people want things fast and they want things quickly. So they identify like a marketplace uh, for people to come and shop and get the things they need quickly. What product design does, and I think everyone should look it up, is it's really about finding out. Through research, through qualitative research and even quantitative research, what people want is really getting to the bones of like what the problem is, what are you trying to solve and what do people want? And once you get that, you can build your business based off of that.
0: Okay, so how did you get into that field? What was your journey into product design? Yeah,
1: I started off, you know, I don't know if people know this, but you, my mom, uh, you're a graphic designer and we both have a graphic design background. So I watched my mom go to college and her degrees in graphic design, watching you do that inspired me to follow along the graphic design path. But one thing about graphic design, and we talk about this, is it is subjective and it's not like a science to thinking about it as product design is. So every time I was designing things visually, I would feel like, hey, I'm not like, yeah, I'm making it look pretty and look good, but it doesn't solve a purpose. So that kind of led me down to product design.
0: Okay. So you always kind of dibbled and dabbled into the beauty industry growing up with me. (laughs) So Kyrie used to, I used to own an Aveda concept salon and spa and Kyrie was my Graphic web designer, everything until he became big and just kind of like quit on me. (laughs) (laughs) So what have you noticed as far as trends in the beauty industry?
1: I think beauty is one of those markets that it's never going to like go down. It's always going to increase. Like a lot of people are always going to invest in their look, which means that like products are always going to be booming in the beauty industry. And, um, Services are always going to be booming in the industry. So I think that's the one thing I noticed about that market is even in like a pandemic or, yeah, Black Lives Matter and everything that's going on in in the world, that market is still very steady and continues to grow.
0: Okay, so you consult with one of the biggest beauty booking platforms out here. I'm not going to say which one because I don't want to put you out here, but it is a big one. And you consult as a product designer on their projects. So can you tell us a little bit about the booking platform itself when it comes to beauty pros? What should people look for when they go invest their money into a booking platform? I know I preach this a lot, but I don't consult as one of them big people with the beauty. (laughs) So I'm asking you as the pro, like what should a beauty pro look for in a booking platform before they sign up?
1: I think that they should identify what it is about their business that They need from a beauty platform. Do they, you know, just need a simple scheduling system or are they looking to grow their business and let that kind of drive what software they choose? You know, for instance, I know you have multiple locations. So finding a software that was able to, to address that problem of you, you know, having multiple locations was important to you. So I would say, you know. Get a paper, write down a list of the things that you need. Do you want to grow your business? Do you want a simple scheduling system? Do you need to be able to manage multiple locations? And, you know, just do a simple Google search to find a product that solves that need.
0: Okay. So how does product design play a part in a beauty booking platform?
1: Um, that's a great question. I think in a few different areas. <laughs> One is the user experience, you know, of course, making sure that it's a good user experience from the beauty professional side and also from the client booking side and just coming out with features that solves both audiences, you know, make sure that the beauty pro is able to grow their business or maximize their business in the best way possible. And also making sure the client is able to book appointments with that beauty pro and that the beauty pro likes that experience that the client gets from the app.
0: All right, so going back to the e-commerce, what platform do you recommend, Sam Beauty Pros, uh, to get started on for e-commerce?
1: A hundred percent, a hundred hundred a hundred percent Shopify, hands down, any day. Shopify did not pay me to say this, <laughs> and I do not have any affiliate or referral link with them. They are just an amazing platform that I would not have been able to grow my business without Shopify.
0: Okay, so what are some of the pros of having a Shopify uh, website to build your e-commerce business?
1: One, you know, the value is enormous and it's very inexpensive to maintain and use over, my, over. Uh, like it's like a cheap monthly, month-by-month plan. They have different tiers of plans, but that's one of the main things is that they're they're cheap and the value you get from them is, is huge.
0: Okay, so when building your e-commerce brand... When you're looking at shipping, should that be a focus for someone who's building an e-commerce brand? Because I know you kind of went through like some shipping issues. So can you tell (laughs) us about that?
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that is still a challenge for us, especially right now with the pandemic. And, you know, a lot of carriers are um, operating at their maximum capacity. So that's something that I wish somebody would have told me. So I'll tell someone this is that There's always going to be shipping challenges that you have to overcome. So what I would recommend for someone that's just getting started is to DIY yourself or DIY, do it yourself. (laughs) I would recommend, you know, you invest into like a label printer, like 40 bucks off of Amazon and that you ship your own products yourself. And as you grow, then you can look into a fulfillment center, which is what we have um, to ship out customer orders.
0: Okay, great. Thank you for that answer. All right. The infamous Instagram. How did you build such a loyal IG following?
1: You know, I always have a hard time answering that question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know because you never tell me, but I have to put you on the spot because maybe you'll tell my <laughs> listeners. <laughs>
1: I, again, I think that everything that I have done has been authentic and it has been real. And I've been able to tell my story and my voice From my perspective, I wasn't, you know, telling it from another person's point of view. I wasn't being fake. You know, I think I know that a lot of people that have been following me for years have seen where I was and how I've grown and where I'm going. And again, it's that authenticness that people really, I think, value. And that is how I've been able to build like my Instagram following.
0: Okay. So you build birth based on authenticity, so just,
1: just being real, that's really what it comes down to. You know, I'm not, you look at my Instagram again, you'll you'll see me in underwear, you know, because that's just, I like to be in underwear. That's just who I am. I'm marketing my product and I believe in my product, but you know, you'll also see me studying, you know, I go to Harvard Business School online and it's a very intense program. In addition to that, you might see me work out, you know, I'm showing you just different sides of me, you know, you can't put me into a box. And I think that's something that people really appreciate.
0: Yeah, I definitely appreciate that because some I struggle with Instagram and I'm sure like a lot of my listeners struggle with Instagram as well. But I know for you, it kind of came naturally. And I guess because you don't struggle with who you are and what your business stands for. And I think that that's amazing.
1: Thank you, Ma. I appreciate it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. So let's go to website, website, website. You know, Okay, so the reason why I'm gonna ask you about website, cause you hate to talk about it. You hate to talk about it. So I'm gonna make you talk about it. What elements should a good website have?
1: <laughs> <laughs> like that, depends, that depends on the industry and it definitely depends on the product that you are selling. But just number one, just a good user experience. You know, can people just easily navigate and find the information that you want them to find and that they need, right? Like, so if you want people to find reviews, don't bury reviews. Have them in the top main navigation of your site. You know, if you want people to book with you in in this beauty industry, don't have it buried where they have to find it. You know, have a big book button in the top of your navigation. You know, really drive your website to the things that you want people to do and you you know people want to do. That's really what it comes down to.
0: Okay, well... That's exciting. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Since I had to like pry it out of you by putting you on the show, because Kyrie doesn't answer any more website questions that I have. I guess he fired me as an employee. Oh, God. <laughs> you fired me, Kyrie.
1: <laughs> but I will say this too: I don't know if this would apply to beauty specifically, but it's more so e-commerce. So, if a beauty professional choose to sell a product, this is helpful. I use something called Hotjar, which is a recording platform. It's free for like the first hundred users or something like that. And every now and then, you know, I analyze how people are using our site. I would go and look to see, you know, are people able to just land to a product page? What is their journey to get there? I'm very analytical. I'm always doing that. And. It's that information, again, that helps you make better decisions. Very rarely do you get things right the first time. The key is to take what you've learned and to iterate in everything that you do over time.
0: All right. That's great advice. So for 2021, and I know we talked about this, how does SMS play a role?
1: So SMS, text messaging, for people who don't know what SMS is, text messaging marketing is like, extremely huge right now. You know, with email, you know, people are bombarded in emails. Social media, like Instagram, people are bombarded with, like, seeing ads on Facebook and Instagram that is kind of getting old. But SMS is one of those things where if you send somebody a text, they will, like, look at it. And if it's actionable, and if you really target that audience, then they will take action. But there are some guidelines with SMS. You can't just go and text everybody. You want to make sure that you're beating up, I think, is it is GDRP compliance. I could be wrong, just saying that. But you want to make sure that you're being compliant and that you're not just spam texting people.
0: Yeah, like I know people have to opt in. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, they've made so just like email. The
1: years. Uh, they made a few changes over the years, or just recently, I think, you know, a lot of websites prior used to just have like that checkbox. To opt-in to sms they will have it pre-selected and i know you can't do that anymore like now people specifically have to check that box
0: okay That's good information. I'll be doing my SMS for one of my twenty twenty one marketing strategies, so I'm excited to launch that. All right, Kavri. So you have an up and coming e-commerce course coming out in the next couple of months. I'm excited. I'll be the first to be on that platform, learning whatever I can learn. So until then, can you tell our listeners like where they can find you or read up more about you and your business?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I would say Instagram. Um, <laughs> yeah, it would be my personal Instagram, which is I am underscore K Y H R Y. Again, you know, my Instagram shows a variety of different angles of me. So, you know, if you see some pictures, I'll be like, oh, God, you know, just understand that that's just who I am.
0: <laughs> Kyrie's product line is very risque, but I have accepted it. <laughs> so, <laughs> So when I see the pictures come down my feet, I just like ignore it and just be like, oh, well, that's my son. So <laughs> but I know like people be like, that's your son. OK, so I'm just <laughs> warning you guys that his brand is very avant-garde. <laughs> Kyrie, again, I congratulate you on your six years of Adonis underwear I'm excited to have had you on the show, even though it took me about six months to pull you on here. I guess mom's got a schedule in time as well. And I'm looking forward to your brand new e-com course that's coming out.
1: Thank you so much. I did want to say one more thing. It was related to the Instagram thing. Sure. I I think that a lot of people run the Instagram to sell products and to promote their services. And that's great. I do think that Instagram is number one and probably will be. That does not mean you can't be innovative and try new things. Like right now, I'm trying TikTok. You know, I've never tried to use TikTok to promote my business, but there are some people that are having success on TikTok promoting their products and their services. There's also Clubhouse right now that is extremely hot. There's Twitter, there's Facebook. There's either, either like other things that you can do outside of social media. You know, I've read a story one day of a brand that was just getting started. So they went into the Apple store and they changed all the screensavers (laughs) to their brand name. Knowing that Apple would change it the next day, of course, and this was pre-COVID, of course. But again, it's that innovativeness. It doesn't have to be what everybody has been doing. It can be something different.
0: And I totally agree with that. So thank you again, Kyrie. It was a pleasure having you on Black Girls Play. All
1: right. Thank you, Mom. (laughs) All right.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on Black Girls Blade. Make sure to visit us at our website at www.blackgirlsblade.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Black Girls Blade and never miss an episode. See you again in two weeks for more tips, tricks, strategies, conversations, and interviews.